Well, hello. Greetings. It's time. It's You're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm right here. It's the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. It's me. I'm, I'm that guy. You remembered that from before. You're doing the thing that you do again, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Hello. So this week, I don't want to waste too much time before we get right down to it, because this week my guest is the great Craig Fitzsimmons. Guess what? He's a friend of mine. It's I, I kind of it's a lot of people that are friends of mine on the show. And you know why? Because it's easy to get them to come on the show. And because I already know them. And so I don't have to there's not a lot of convincing. Because let's face it, convincing people is a drag. I don't know if you've ever tried to convince anyone of anything, but I can assume that you probably have at least once in your life tried to get someone to give you some ice cream or something. And even that can be tricky. But uh, try and get them to drive over to your house and talk to you for an hour and a half if you don't even know them. <laughs> just just think about that for a second. It's not easy. So that's why most of the guests are people I know. Uh, but this week it happens that uh, I, I win again because this is a person that I know who's also very successful. But before I tell you about how successful Greg Fitzsimmons is, let me tell you about some of my, some of my achievements. I'm going to be going to Kilkenny to the Cat Laughs Festival. May 29th to June 2nd. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it's been about 10 years since I went there. I named my daughter an Irish name after the last time I was there because uh, I had never heard that name before. And uh, so I'm excited to go back and do Irish things with Irish people and English people and some Australians. And there will be Americans there. And if you're there or wherever you're from, I'll look forward to that because it's going to be a good time. So that's a thing. That's an achievement that I have in my life. And then... Um, Later in July, I'm going to be going to Squim, Washington. Do you even know where that is? I spelled it wrong. I can guarantee you that. And then I got a gig in Tacoma. I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, uh, Cleveland, and Youngstown, Ohio. See, it's all glamour from here on out, ladies and gentlemen, for me. I'm not doing it unless it's exciting. And so you can find out about all those gigs on my website, jakethis.com. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, I'm going to have updated my website with those gigs. It's not even on there now while I'm talking into the machine, which is before you're listening to it. Those things are not on the website, and it's all me. I, ru I run a very small operation. It's a tight ship around here, and uh, so a lot of the burden falls on my shoulders. And I, I do the, I'm doing the best I can. Luckily, I'm, a, I'm my own boss, and I don't really crack down on myself too often. But every once in a while, I have to give myself a real talking to. And I try not to do that at bedtime because then it makes it hard for me to sleep. Oh, my God. I had the worst nightmare last night about waiting tables. It has been 28 years since I waited tables. And I had this, you know, the dream. If you have never waited tables or bartended, it's just you dream that you can't handle it. You can't get every, Nobody's getting their food. The kitchen's not cooperating. You just can't do it. And you wake up all freaked out, and then you think, I don't, I don't have to do any of that. I can't believe I thought that was important. I can't believe I still think it's important 28 years later. That's the ridiculous thing. Anyway, now let's get on with things that are really important. My guest this week, Greg Fitzsimmons, is the host of his own podcast, uh, Fitzdog Radio, and you can get that at podcast places. And then also you can listen to him on Sirius XM Radio, and I'm sure it's some version of Fitzdog Radio because he's got these coffee mugs. And so why would you get two different mugs printed when you could just have one mug? And uh, you've also seen him on uh, television shows. He's a stand-up comedian. Surprise, surprise. He's a stand-up comedian. I'm friends with a lot of stand-up comedians. But don't forget, I'm also friends with some actors. And uh, next week, I think I'm going to be, well, maybe the week after, 
I've got a public defender from the New Orleans Public Defender's Office who's going to be on the show. And uh, he, he, that's going to be an awesome episode. And then for the 100th episode, I will be celebrating um, that with my friend Christopher Moore, who was on the 50th episode. And he's an author of hilarious books. Uh, the most famousest one might be Lamb. But I don't know. He's, he's written a lot of them. Anyway, Google him. How about that? But don't do that right now, ladies and gentlemen. Your phone is busy. It's probably getting hot now. You're probably getting hot. You're probably excited. I hope you're cranking it up on the treadmill. I hope you're getting ready. This is going to be a big workout. I hope you had a long one planned today because this this is a kind of a big conversation. Greg came over, Greg Fitzsimmons. We had a nice talk, and let's get on with it. All right? Let's go. Here we go. This office is exactly the same size as my office at the airport. <laughs> Your office at the airport? At the Santa Monica Airport, I have a little office. I didn't know you had an office at the airport. Yeah. And um, it keeps you focused that it's not too big, you know? You don't want it too big. You want it to be like a little bit of like a ship. It's like a ship. I feel a little bit like Sandra Bullock should be in here, that the stakes should be very high. I feel like Sandra Bullock should be in here a lot, but uh, that doesn't ever happen. All right. Look you at your glasses. Gravity? I've never seen that before. Yeah, I got a magnet in the middle. This is, I got them at That's the genius. Guy Now website. Well, yeah, see mine? Yeah, you got the strap around the back. Are we doing this? Yeah, it's on. Oh, this, this is, is how you start? This is traditionally how you oh. start, right? You start with the, is it on? It's on. Yeah, no, my, um, my glasses have been, I still am not used to wearing glasses, and I've supposedly been wearing them three or four years, and I, I wear them probably 20% of the time when they're really... They're transitional. They're supposed to be on all the so time. So they're for reading and for living. For living. But okay. I can't get used to – there's always a thin film of oily stuff, and then and then the light reflects and things aren't clear, and, and I can't you live that way. you got to clean them. So I, clean I'm constantly them. cleaning. I just clean them in your kitchen. I saw. And then – I uh, and then I put them down, and then the lenses get scratched because I'm putting them down everywhere. You got well. I had glasses since I was a kid, and then I had that LASIK surgery. But <sighs> I was habitually trained. Like if you set them down, you never set them on the lens. You always set them so that they're the lenses are perpendicular to the surface. Wait, you used to wear glasses when you were stand up. We're starting now. Yeah, yeah. And then I got that LASIK surgery, and then I didn't need glasses. And I had for a while. I had the glasses with just glass lenses in it. And it was too much like wearing a toupee. It was like, I don't need You these. look so f- much better without glasses. You look younger. Your glasses made you look smarter, but you didn't need to look smarter. Now you just look, now you look more, um, you look handsome without them. Well, that's very sweet. You look handsome too. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I think just, so. You just got a haircut. I, don't you feel like as men, we're kind of getting into that age where if we get the right haircut and we're wearing the right clothes... We look good, and we actually look like we might have something going on, you know? I need to internalize that because I am not feeling like that lately. I'm having a uh, – I already had my midlife crisis, so I don't know what this thing is. This is like the prologue to the midlife crisis. Well, I think you're always in a little bit of a midlife crisis as, a, as an entertainer because you're always, like, not what you used to be or there's, they've, there's some reason that they want the other person, you know? Well, even on a personal level, I feel like – I used to... Has Aaron been asking for a younger man? I wish she'd take one. I can't take this pressure. And well, that's nice to hear for you. But, but I really feel like 
I was thinking about this yesterday. I used to have – you weren't out here yet, I don't think, but we used to have these uh, Sunday brunches when I first moved out here in Santa Monica. N- no, I've been out here, but you just didn't know – I don't think I knew you then. Maybe. Oh, that's right. We didn't know each other right away. Yeah. Um, so we used to have these brunches because we'd moved here from New York, and uh, I mean I invited – I had like a dozen good friends out here. It was like you know, Matt Malloy would come. Nick mm-hmm. Swartz and Zach Galifianakis, all the guys I was tight with in New York, in New York, had all moved to L.A., Mike Gibbons, mm-hmm. and Mary Fitzgerald, Tom O'Neill, mostly Irish people. And we would, ha- we would have brunch starting at 10 a.m. We'd put the football game on. We had gotten two waffle irons for our wedding. And so we would just – we'd make smoothies in the blender nonstop. What are we do with two waffle right, irons? Right, I got an idea. This is, there's massive potential here for social networking. Yeah. And so people would come over, and they'd stay from 10 a.m., and then baseball would start after that. We'd watch a baseball. And it, and it was like I have the greatest memories of that. And then when I was in New York, I had a friend die named Jerry Red Wilson. Did you ever meet Jerry? No. He was a comic, and um, so he died of spinal meningitis, and so we started doing this benefit. I started this foundation, and so every year we would do this big show with all, you know, all the biggest comics. To benefit spinal meningitis. Spinal meningitis. And I just think about the effort that I used to put out there in bringing people together and creating memories without trying. It was not conscious. It was just I felt more like I was engaged with – living life and now i feel like i've become uh reticent and sort of comfortable reticent makes it sound like you're a you're afraid to throw that kind of party now or you just i definitely have fear in my life that i didn't when i was younger how how do you mean fear i guess age has something to do with it just the inevitable existential fear that i'm not going to be um, needed, wanted, that I won't be able to provide. And I think that has started to affect most of the decisions in my life. Well, that's funny to hear you say that because from an external perspective, I mean, I can tell you about me, but from an external perspective of you, it seems like right now is a great time for you because your podcast is taking off. You work in all the clubs. I see you on the calendars of the clubs that I'm working and I feel like I'm working all clubs that I really like. So that's got to be true for you. And it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's it's uh, downward. It seems like an upward. I mean, in terms of live performance and notoriety and all of that, and independence because of the podcast, right? No, I on paper, I've always said this. I wish somebody else could take over my life because they would have a much better time with it. On paper, everything is great. I am in love with my beautiful wife. My kids could not be more perfect. I have great friends, yourself included. Uh, my career is. Fantastic, well, and so I what, feel what like do you what, how do you I feel? don't how know. Do you, how do you look? What gauge are you looking at where it says death spiral? Because feel, I feel like your tank is full, your speed is maintaining, your altitude is great. I'm healthy. Great, you're healthy, right? I don't know. I guess it's just you know the thing that makes us comedians. I think that if I were to become content, there's no way that I and I don't feel like I'm as like right now I'm putting pitches together for sitcoms to go out with. And, you know, I hope that nobody who buys sitcoms is listening to this, but I just don't care that much. This is where I'm at with that. And I I feel sort of bad about it because I would love to have a job on a sitcom as the, you know, as the neighbor, the funny guy. Second guy guy in. Come over. You got some jokes. I'm here with the jokes, everybody. Boom. 
and then you're out. Special delivery. I got a package of jokes. Let then me I got to run back to the truck. The plot, and you come over to my basement and talk about it. Um, but uh, as far as as far as watching TV, I don't watch that many shows. Like it's not same really, with me. I, I don't feel like TV is doing for me the entertainment that I want to be watching and so then it's hard to say well no wonder i'm not on a show because if i'm not liking watching a show why would they want me to be on a show subconsciously i feel like they can pick up that vibe like right ready to be right. on game of thrones look i yeah. had that stupid beard for a while right but um i shaved that off because i you felt fucked like up <laughs> now wait, the crazy thing is is that there are shows that I think TV is in some ways better than it's ever been. I mean, Louis' show, the new season, oh, is yeah. amazing. Veep is one of the best sitcoms. Everybody's telling me that. I got to watch it. In the last 20 years. And it gets better every season. Um, Do I have to start watching from the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Well, I would, I would, because you told me. If you said no, the first season is terrible, start on the second Just season. Just know that if you don't. Absolutely fall in love during the first season. It's worth the investment because they they basically come up with stakes that were lacking in the first season, which which makes the characters even stronger. Um, this new show, um, Silicon Valley. I hear that's great too. T.J. Miller, HBO. HBO's on fire. They 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 were starting to miss out. Showtime all of a sudden was becoming yeah, hot, and then HBO just came back in the last couple of years. I knew that Showtime was in trouble when they didn't buy my latest special. They didn't? No, they didn't. They said they're not doing as many comedy things. I think I'm going to do an onliner. Anyway. That's the way to go. Well, I'll tell you what's changed but, my But, life, but my that... point being, mm-hmm. I don't want to do one of those shows because those motherfuckers work 14 hours a day, seven days a week because it's a single camera show. Right. I want to do multi-camera. I want a dressing room. Here's multi-camera for those of you not in the Hollywood industry. A bunch of other people work really hard and write a mediocre script. I mean 14 people from Harvard write a script that is all shot in one one stage. They've got like four or five little mm-hmm. sets. They're like little playhouses mm-hmm. and then you sit in your dressing room and you eat great food and then you come out and you stand there and you do it and if they if they think it's good they go now try it with this punchline. Boom. Try it with this punchline. There's about four or five cameras, so you don't, you're covered. You don't need to, you're not being directed to death. You don't you're have just, to do it again the same way because they shot it from They got the it from every angle. They got a helicopter over your head. There's in your fucking eyebrows. They've this got little. Helicopter. The point is, you're done. You, right. do, you do a read through one day with the network, a table read. That takes about an hour. You grab a croissant and some coffee, you go home. And then you come in for a rehearsal day, which is six hours. And then you shoot for an eight-hour yeah, day. It. But the funny thing is, is I feel like your life is already set up. This is what I keep trying to tell myself is I'm doing the thing that Jerry Seinfeld decided he was going to do when he retired. Right. You know, I'm, I've been doing that all this whole time. Right. And that's what you're doing. And so part of me is like, what, hey, why do I want to get a TV show again? I would love to host a talk show that took place in New Orleans because I love New Orleans. I love the music and the food, and I feel like I have a connection to that place. I would love to be on a show as the second banana guy where I can come in, hang out with some fun people, do my thing, and then still be able to go on the road. But mostly I want to be able to – I want people to come out and see my live shows. I want right. to do my live shows, sell tickets to my live shows, hang out with people like you – 
uh, on on my do this little podcast. I'm loving the podcast, thing, right? Even though, which because you were one of the people who kind of said like you you should do this. Yeah, we're sitting in Palm Springs in a hotel room doing mine. I was on and, yours, yeah. And I said, Jesus Christ, Jake, you got to stop. Well, you are so you're such a pro that everything you put out, I know you're very you're very um, detail oriented. You're a bit of a perfectionist, and I knew that it was going to be a challenge for you because podcasting is really about just putting it out. Once you so this con- is great con- that you're doing you it. Convinced me to set quality aside. <laughs> Hence my booking on the show. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it was a real breakthrough for but me. But I mean, what is that like for you? Because you know that 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 really did take a shift for you to be able to do this. Well, I, yeah. Well, I thought it was a real kind of like it's a re- revealing. You're revealing yourself, but but you're also revealing yourself to people who care and who understand right. you know like there's people who are fans of my stand-up who are not listening to this show i mean podcasting Why? is still i don't know i think podcasting is still in this stage where not everybody even knows what it is when i say i have a podcast on stage at a comedy show i feel like then i have to describe it and then my description is always well i'm describing it to my mother i say well a podcast is like a radio show that's on the internet that you can download to your phone and listen to in your car. And right. my mother's like, well, I'm not an astronaut. You yeah, know, it's very difficult to convert a non-podcast listener to your podcast. i got to get an app is what I hear. That's what I need to do is get an app. Well, who hosts your app? show? Yeah, who hosts your show? Is it Libsyn? Who hosts my show? Libsyn hosts my show. Libsyn will do the app I for you for free. I have a relationship with Rob at Libsyn. Right, and I Rob to, Wizard. Or Rob, whatever his name is. Rob. Here's his, I have his card right here. Rob... Um, Rob, can you read that? Can't read. <laughs> Let's put it. Glasses We've been talking on. about glasses. Neither one of us yeah. have our glasses. It's on. Rob Walsh. Rob Walsh, great dude. Great guy. I met him at the uh, L.A. Podcast, podcast Fest. Fest. Yeah, and what he'll do is he'll set you up with. Um, you can do a premium listenership, which you could do for. I mean, mine is nine ninety nine a month, and then people get. I like three hundred fifty back episodes. I only need people to. I need. I can't be charging people but, for something that I'm trying to get them to listen to already for free. Right, but here's what you can do with the premium listenership because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a gift to my listeners because not only do you get all the back episodes, but you when you when I come to your town and people really take advantage of this, you get half off your tickets to my show. So right there, you come to one show, that's 10 bucks. Oh, you get half off. How do you work that? They just email me at my site that uh-huh. they want to come to the show with a you know, and they send the receipt of their membership. And then uh my producer okay, I'll my producer uh, calls the to, club. People don't need to listen to us. Well, my point is, is this this your podcast the the relax of the quality thing? I no, I think that it's also about um, this show should be big. I mean, you look at Greg Proops' show. I I put you in the same category as Proops. Proops. That's that's very flattering to me because Greg Proops' podcast, Smartest Man in the World. If you're listening to this, you should check that out because. Well, then you should say if you respect him, you should say Proops instead of Poops. You just did I say Poops? Yeah, Greg Poops. Well, Greg does poop, but Greg Proops, yeah, the the Proop cast, he calls right. it the Proop cast sometimes. Does he? Smartest man in the world, but he comes out. He does his all of his are on stage live. He's got notes. He he works through a a theme. Then he kind of has a political philosophy. It's incredible. Philosoph- philosophy. He has Philosoph- a good philosophy. I, I don't bother to rehearse the pronunciation or pronunciation. No, Poops' philosophy is uh, <laughs> that's what it should be called. Poops' philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> It should be. Well, luckily, that's not taken, so that's what I could call my live shows. 
No, I think that the the key is to get people that are already listening to podcasts to then just add yours. I think that's true, except that those people are already overworked. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're undersatisfied. There's a lot of fluff out there. I'm a person who listens to a lot of podcasts, and I feel like I can't keep up with all of them. Which ones do you listen to? Part of of it is my problem with uh, Joe Rogan because he's relentless. He is talking more than I'm awake. Right. I feel like sometimes. And I yeah. and I listen to whole episodes of his show quite often. I went in and did one of his recently and you walk in, you sit down and uh he lights a big fat joint and you pass around. And I and I don't smoke pot very often, but I do when I do that because it's almost like it's part of it. I would be scared that I'd go down. I'd yeah, you don't you don't have to. Show. You don't have to. Yeah. But if you take the hit, the three hours goes by like you can't believe it. So I finish. Yeah. And, and you don't have to pee. That's the advantage. If you're drinking, then you're going to have to pee. But if you smoke a little pot, you're not going to have to right. pee. So you can do the whole three hours. And you also, they have this special coffee that uh, I forget what they call it. Oh, but yeah, the Bulletproof coffee. Yeah, the Bulletproof coffee you drink. They make a mug of it for you, like a 20-ounce mug. Uh-huh. So you're high drinking this crazy high-octane coffee, and it just flies. And then we shot pool for about Do an you hour and a cool half. cool down afterwards? Do you- yeah, we shot pool uh-huh. afterwards, a cool down. And... Uh, Joe, Joe gave me my own pool cue about two years ago. We both shoot a lot of pool together. And then I'm, I'm ready to go home and take a nap. Brian Callen shows up. Boom. Spark another joint. They start a three-hour podcast. I'm like, this guy's a fun. And then Joe had already gotten up that morning and done a two-hour mixed martial arts workout. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. Because I try and exercise. I try and meditate for 20 minutes. He's talking on the podcast all day, plus the UFC thing. Plus, he's going in the isolation tank for two hours, he and says. he's got kids, and he's doing stand-up. Yeah. And... Is there two of them? There's two of them. He's cloned. I, yeah, there's... there's... There's two of them. I believe that uh, the real Joe Rogan actually doesn't ever come back to L.A. He just goes from city to city touring. Uh-huh. And then there's domestic Joe Rogan. Wouldn't that be nice? If you could, if there could be two of you, but only one was awake at a time, you know? Wow. Like when you go to sleep, the other you wakes up. And he just does social networking. <laughs> He's just, you notice, why is it that I only get tweets from Jake Johansson at like four in the morning? It seems weird. Yeah, the tweeting Jake, that's when he's awake. But getting an assistant is basically that. And I think he, his manager was there while I was there, and mm-hmm. she was just listing off, okay, the new mugs are in. Do you want this color, that color? And just to be able to shoot pool and just go red. Uh, no, I want the 7 a.m. flight. Have somebody just cycling through all the mm-hmm. decisions you would normally have to research and make yourself. Yeah. That, that's the key. And, and he's got a simple operation. He's not, he does not have a team of people doing his shit. He's just got the right person right, doing right, that. Yeah. And he's got another guy, uh, Red Band, who does his podcast stuff. So well, he's just, I that's think. That's the trick is to find the guy like that guy right. who knows what he's doing. Right. And who has the time to do your thing for you because show businesses there's so many people who act like i'm the guy i'm the guy you need mm. and what they actually are is i'm the guy who's got the phone number of the guy you need right and you're not going to be able to get a hold of me because i'm going to be calling that guy and three other guys who need that guy right yeah yeah and it's really um it can take you more it can be more energy if you don't find the right person whether it's an agent or a manager or an assistant or a producer if it's the wrong person you end up doing more work yourself than you would have yeah, I don't know about my team. I think maybe I need a new maybe I need a new team. Maybe. Wife included? No, I like my wife. She's How is she? She's, she's a hot a, piece of ass. <laughs> she's a Was very, she ever a she's model? Attractive. She doesn't listen to the show, so feel free to express your, your opinions. I would say that to her face. 
Would you? Well, to her ass, definitely. <laughs> so she wants to get together, our wives and everything. But Great. she's finishing up school at UCLA. She's yeah, we have, a, we have a live email floating between us trying to pick a date right now. Well, it was weird. The day that I called you to do this, they were also emailing right. behind our backs. Right. There was a lot of exclamation points, but then no date turned up. Mm-hmm. Now, your wife is great because she, uh, she keeps you sharp. She challenges you. Yeah, well, that's the problem that, I'm, that I realized <laughs> pretty quickly. Well, you know, I just thought I can't have a dumbass pet wife. I right. can't deal with that. You know, like she's super hot, but she's dumb. You have to do everything right. for her. And then, you have to, and then you have to act like she's not dumb because that's uh, the other thing about having kind of a dummy for a spouse is you can't hurt their feelings. Everybody wants to feel like they're smart. Well, my wife actually is smart, and she's got a lot of opinions about how things work. And it's constantly – there's a constant me- mental – you know, it's an ongoing championship battle. Right. I think. I, well, not battle is a little bit much. And I feel like we've no, let but go when of you that. guys We're trying to be on the same team now. Right. But but if there's certain married couples that will kind of have a passive-aggressive bickering thing at dinner, and it really makes you uncomfortable. But you guys have more of a shtick. It's like when you go back and forth, it's just it's entertaining and everybody gets involved. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope it's entertaining for her, my wife. We, but we seem to be. Yeah, things are good. Yeah, things are good with us. Yeah. What's I feel the, like what's the issue place. that comes up? Like everybody, every marriage has the one thirty-eighth hey, par- is this? Oh, sorry. Why don't you tell me what the issue is in your what's what's your issue with my wife? Yeah, because you guys seem like you get along great to me. I, I, this is going to sound so disingenuous, but we really, we really get along well because we're so fucking different. You know, I mean, she is the most even keeled, detail oriented. Um, I think if anything, it's that I am so, I spite, like yesterday we went to the beach, we picked the kids up after school. It was 92 degrees and we just surprised them and, and went to the beach and with, we met up with Malloy uh-huh. and, uh, and then we just, um, splashed around, but on the way there, I was getting really. She was driving, and I was getting really upset. I didn't say anything, but fucking make that light, just make the turn. You know, I get nuts because. But then I realize that's the reason why my life is good and the marriage is good is that she keeps things even and she's not pushing really hard. Well, right, but you don't even need to be in control. You want to be in control of a thing that you don't need to really be in control of. So you're saying it's all me. Well, I'm saying in that instance, like yeah. she's driving the car. You don't need to drive right. the car. She's driving the car, so you can stop driving the car. If you right. don't feel like if she doesn't make the light, that's her problem. You're just sitting in the – all you do is sit in the car. You're sitting in the car. All those people in the car are people that you like. All right. Right? And you're just going to the beach. You just stay at the I beach know. for another red light longer than you were going to stay. I needed to call you during this phone call. I'm, I'd be happy to be. You can text me or call me during right. these moments, and I'll try and talk. If you had an app, I could actually just download these kind of pieces That's of wisdom. That's what I'm hoping with the app is that right. it, it won't just be episodes. Like I can send out a like, uh, hey, if you're a little tense at a red light right now. I think you could – with your app, I think you could do it even – if you wanted to do it for free – you probably could and just make it interactive. You could put up Jake's Jake's wisdom, you know, and you could because it's all audio files, video files. It can be just an extension of a website, but that people can use on their phone really easily. And so it can be like a little sort of not it's not an email blast, but it's a like a blast of the thought for. The no, day you don't thing. blast. They you they go to you. 
they it's when they living. turn on the web, they, when they turn on the app, the last thing that I put in there, like, oh, I just realized I'm going to Montana this week. You put it in. Well, no, the they're all just entries, sort of like you, they go to it, and there'll be a listing of podcasts, and then there'll be a listing, and then there'll be categories when they go to the app: podcasts, videos, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jake's words mm-hmm. of wisdom, and then they go to that category, and then they click on each file. Do you have videos on your app? Do you have an app? Do you have an app? I have an app, but I'm I to be honest with you, I've underserved the um, the uh, video part of it. The app community. I mean, because I really think that with you. You could put what have you done, Latterman? Fifty six times, a uh, forty three times. It's a lot of times, but no, it's not fifty six. A lot of them are all. A lot of them are. When I go and watch some of those old ones, comedy has really changed. But you could put all those on your app. I mean, how cool would it be for people to go watch each of your old Letterman sets? How do you put them on the app? How does so Libsyn host the video of that then? No, I think you have to put it somewhere else, and then they access it. I don't think they okay. can physically it's, yeah, host it's it. Tricky for me. I'm going to need a helper. Because Letterman won't let I you. Need put... a hel- I need a helper monkey. Letterman, what? I got somebody for you, man. I've okay. been telling you this. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think they'll block me for putting up my own. But they set. won't let you put it on YouTube, right? Uh, I have. There are some sets of me on the on the YouTube. Well, if you put them all on YouTube, then your app can access them through YouTube. Right. Well, I'll have to figure out how, to how do we go from like total existential to back, deep inside of our marriage YouTube. into one like one minute we're one right. minute we're trying to straighten out things with our wives because we're selfish. We're selfish people who only think about our careers. Well, and we have ADHD, so we can't really stay. I have heard you say that you have that. I'm not sure if I have that, but I might have it. Is yeah. there a pill that I can take, or is well, it a, there's a uh, see that there's a you're patch. showing me a thing on your ass. It's a Band-Aid I put a it? patch. It's a clear patch that goes on my hip every day, and mm-hmm. it contains uh, uh, Ritalin, slow release for nine hours a day, and it cures my AD. I used to have ADHD so bad. I mean, I failed out of school, basically, and I could never finish a project, and I was half starting a million things, and, I, and my life was yeah, unmanageable. And then I got prescribed with this, and... Boom! Everything. I don't think that's. I'm, I don't have exactly that. No, I don't think you do. I, I've, I've got. This is when my phone rings during the podcast, and I have to. Mine was on silent. You might have noticed it went off, yeah. and it didn't disturb. No. Yeah, I haven't figured. Well, you've been podcasting longer than I have. I think. I feel like it's sort of charming that people call during the podcast. I usually take the phone call on yeah. my podcast. Well, that was actually Alan Havy, who's been a guest on the podcast. Are you? Why didn't you fucking take it? I know. Call because him I back. Don't know what I'm doing? Call him back because I, I want to talk to him. Please put it no, on speakerphone. I'm not going to do it. I want to congratulate him about Mad Men. He is killing it. Is he Please killing it? Call him back, and I want to congratulate. I I know Alan. Jeez. Oh, All right. He is doing so well on that show. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I gave up on Mad Men a while ago. Alan Havy's good enough friends with you that he calls you, and you don't watch what he's is, been on the podcast. What is the height You've, of his career? Well, I can't. In thirty-five not, years, let's just talk about him. In thirty-five years, well, he's done a lot of great stuff, Alan Havy. But yeah, but this is the biggest, most high-profile. Well, he had a TV. He had a talk show in the early nineties. Yeah, the beginning of Comedy Central. No, it was on network. Oh, really? He, he had, had a show called uh, Alan Havy. Tonight or something. It was like a. I thought it was not up all night, but it was a something like yeah, that. But I, anyway, um, Alan is great. Alan is great. If you don't know him and you watch Mad Men, he is the guy who is the new creative director that is butting heads with John Hamm, and he plays a dude who's got so many layers. They the last episode was was kind of mm-hmm. a whole new thing on him, and I didn't know he was an actor. Yeah, yeah. Has he done much acting? 
Uh, well, I don't know his whole resume, but yeah, he's been in quite a few things. He's been in quite a few things, and he's having a real renaissance now. Right. He was telling me uh, in in when we were talking in here on the podcast about how he started meditating, and he was at a kind of an existential crisis in his life, and he started meditating and kind of refocusing himself. And you know, it's not over; it's starting. This is what I'm going to do. And he he said he it just his life career everything just did a turnaround i'm gonna start meditating yeah we do have to start do meditating. you do you have a play did you do it on your own or you went to a place uh, i took a i took a uh, uh what do you call it a, cor- a course where you go and they, they give you a mantra you sit with them they don't give you a mantra but they they just sit there you just all it is is you sit still and focus on your breath and if you think of anything else you just kind of let that go and you refocus on your breath it's really hard. I mean, I, you sit there for 20 minutes and it's all you realize you keep catching yourself like I'm in the middle of doing my to do list. I shouldn't be thinking right. about what I'm going to do. But then you don't meditating. come down hard on yourself for it. When you do you it, you gently you just release come back. It. You just release it and bring yourself How do you back. know when the 20 minutes is up? You set a little timer. Okay. You set a little timer. Because otherwise I'd be thinking about how long have I been doing it the whole time. There's a, I've got an app on my phone that's, that it's, it rings one of those, uh, you know, yoga gong bell things and then you can set it to ring like if you're going to meditate for 10 minutes you can set it to ring the bell after if you're going to meditate for 10 minutes you can set it to ring the bell every two minutes if you want or i usually go try try, i'm trying to go 20 minutes and then the bell goes off in the middle so that if in case i'm just completely unspooled and i've just had my eyes shut and i'm you know working on my next screenplay i forgot that that i'm meditating the bell goes off and i'm like oh right yeah let's i'm gonna get back down where do you is there a certain place you sit in position you I like sit. I a chair where I sit up straight, you know, like a like a dining room table kind of a chair. Right. Yeah. And then you just and then you so you don't lean back and you don't lie down. So that's bad to do that. Well, because then you can fall asleep. Right. Right. If you but if you're sitting up straight, then you get if you you can't fall asleep unless you're super tired. If you're just sitting up straight, like on a bench or something, you know what I mean. Is the key to do it like pre-coffee, or it doesn't really matter? I mean, I'm do you get right up and do the it? Best time for me to do it would be the alarm goes off, have a glass of water, you know, have a little drink of water, take a leak, and go meditate. But I can't do it like that because we got to get our daughter ready to go to school, right? And I can't set the alarm for earlier because then it'll piss my wife off that I'm waking her up 20 minutes before she has to get up. That's where I'm at now. Why not just sleep until uh, till your daughter goes off to school? Do it then. I don't get up with the kids. Yeah, well, you've got a different, you know, one of that's you're not dealing with who I'm dealing with, right? I, I could probably do that, but I but I wouldn't be able to sleep. Our house is pretty open. But say you're say you're working and uh, you come back on a Sunday cross country flight. You're on East Coast time on a Monday morning. You still get up with the kid? Yeah. And then do you take a nap later? No, I'm strong. Oh, see, I can't do that. Now, Monday mornings, I Daddy sleeps till 11. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. You got it going on over there. Yeah, so so the best time for me to meditate would be in the morning because that's when I'm clear and I can right. just do it. Then it's hard to refocus and sit down and be quiet after you've gotten up, take the kid to school, you've had your coffee. That's when I want to work out. So right. then I work out. Then after I work out, now it's like, okay, a lot of the morning's underway. I want to take a shower and start returning emails and calling people on the phone. And then before you know it, it's four in the afternoon, and now it's time to get back in the family. Cut it out and be back with the family. Well, that's the thing. I, I think that 
meditation and it's like you talk about the universe giving you signals. Every person I talk to that's in a good place is telling me that they're doing TM. And I'm just like, what's it going to take? I've got an, I've got a link to a place. I've got a phone number for somebody. Well, you, that- but you don't even have to do TM. TM is great, right? I think that's what Howard Stern Howard did, does it. Right? Hardwick and Pete Holmes both sent me to the same person who, you know, mm-hmm. you do get the mantra and you do. It's kind of expensive, but fuck it. Cost? If it changes How my life. How expensive is it? Uh, it's like 1200 bucks or something. Well, here's the other thing. Why don't you try going to there's a there's a meditation place. I can tell you the name of the place when we're done where we're, I, my wife and I took the class together. So it's kind of fun. You go on every Tuesday night for like 6 weeks or 10 weeks. You go over there for a couple hours. It's together time, but also you're doing oh, that's your nice. thing. It was really great. Oh, that's great. I said to my wife, you know, you kind of you seem kind of tense. Maybe you should try meditation. You know what she said to me? Go fuck yourself. She said, I don't need to meditate. I need a fucking punching bag. <laughs> and so if you say that to someone, that is a sign the that you need to meditate. The red flag goes up. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's funny. What a nice date thing for six weeks. Yeah. So was, kind of, it's like a yoga yeah. class kind of thing? Yes, except you're not sweating or exercising. Right, but I mean, just, you're sitting in a room, a peaceful room. You're sitting, and, the guy talks a little while, there's other people in there, then you meditate, then you talk about it a little bit, and then you try and do another kind of meditation, and you talk about that. And, how long does it take? I think you're there. For, I think we were there. It was like two hours or something. Two like hours that. every Tuesday night for yeah. six weeks. It might have been an hour and a half. That sounds know. fantastic. Do you make that love afterwards? Great. That's up to the individual. Right. Um, well, it wouldn't be an individual. It would be you and your wife Yeah, together. well, not the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you you call that making love. You yeah. know, you really yeah. love yourself. It is yeah. uh, making love. <laughs> Just because there's nobody else helping me out. You know, right. come on. I can't get mad at myself for coming early. I know what I'm doing. I'm not part of. I'm not 13 years old trying to feel guilty about this. <laughs> right, right. This is something that it can be spiritual. Right. It's look. I feel better. I feel, I like myself more afterwards. I try and like myself. More. Oh, I wish I could. So. And then do you do another meditation later in the day? Because they say you're supposed to do it twice a day. Look, I'm just still trying to hit one 20-minute right. shot a day. Right. So, I mean, if I could do that. And right now I'm at about two 20-minute sessions a week. Yeah. I mean, I can get two two in a week. And otherwise the days kind of can run away from you. Because sometimes when I'm on the road, I want to sit down and meditate for the 20 minutes. It's either, okay, you could either meditate for 20 minutes or you could take a half-hour nap before the show. And sometimes when I'm... If I got to do a show, I, I, it's more important for me to shut everything completely down. But isn't good up. meditation that? Can't you go into like a it REM is, state? It is. It's restorative, but it's not. But it's not sleep, you know. Right. And sometimes, I don't know that the the, the, the uh, you know, you're getting up early to go on the radio when you're traveling to do a gig and right. stuff, and so you can get a little off on your sleep. But, yeah. But um, you work out every day. I work out about six days a week. Wow. Yeah. Where do you go to the YMCA? No, I started doing the, I think it was probably about five, six years ago. I I was, I because I used to work out when I was younger, go to the gym. I went to the power lifter gym in San Francisco. And uh, and so I, I was a hardcore workout guy. And then yeah. when I moved here, I had, I got some weights in, you know, in the garage under the house thing here. So I would work out at home. And then I fell off the bandwagon for a few years, and I was watching TV, and I finally, I just said, this P90X, I got to try it. And Tony Horton 
changed my life. I've done a bunch of his programs. I've done that no insanity. No kidding. Yeah, I've done I've done P90X, the original one, P90X2, P90X Plus, P90X3 I just finished. Wow. Insanity a couple of times. Shanti did another 25-minute workout thing that I did that. And currently now... I'm doing this UFC fit thing. This Mike Dolce has got this workout videos. And so, because I'm, I'm sort of sold on the concept of you get these videos. If you get the right guy, if, if it seems like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can work out with this guy. Right. You know, I'm in decent shape. Um, those are like having a personal trainer, you know. Right. So you pay 100 This one, the UFC fit thing, was it's 120 bucks. It lasts for 12 weeks. If I went to a personal trainer, that'd be three times that I'd be. What do you mean it lasts 12 weeks? What happens after 12 weeks? Well, then you've done the complete cycle of they, they, you do this workout this day, this workout this day, you rest this day, you do this workout the next day. And it actually changes and evolves for 12 weeks. Oh, because you're building up. Yeah, you're building up. So like for the first three weeks, I'm in the first three weeks of that thing now. And then you can do, you can recycle again, or you could mix and match them. But kind of the beauty of it is he's telling you what to do, and so you're resting and activating different body parts or whatever. And what do you wear, like a leotard? Um, I wear, it's a unitard. It's a unitard? Yeah, and it's uh, got the, it has the Superman logo, but you can get anything on there. <laughs> Does the cape get in the way with the sit-ups? I take the cape off for the workouts, but I wear that around. <laughs> like if I'm just going to the grocery store, I leave right. the, take the cape. And they get uncomfortable when you come in with the mask also in the grocery store. They yeah, don't know is this. Well, the bank has got a sign-up that you can't even you, wear a hoodie and sunglasses the, in there. So, yeah, they're a right. little bit. So when you but, do the workout, no banking. That's He says that at the beginning of the video. Well, no, I, Superman doesn't wear a mask. So, right. yeah, I right. can go right in the bank. And also, you're Superman. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. that's not a problem at the bank. So, where do you do the actual workout? I do it I do it up on the deck outside. No shit. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. Johnny, California, outside. It's nice. I'm outside. I'm jumping around. I'm doing weights and squatting and moving around. I got kettlebell. Check this out. Yeah, oh, yeah, the kettlebells Check is the whole out. key. Where do you yeah. think I got that thing? That's a badass monkey bell. That's for Joe that, Rogan. Rogan will love that, yeah. yeah. So wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You you, you have a TV set on your porch? Is You need a TV set, right? Uh, I, I, you can um, watch DVDs on your computer. So you just got your laptop on a table. My laptop, or then I, f- I figured out a way to get them into the iPad. And then you, uh, so that's on a table. You're out on the deck. You've got two kettlebells, and what else? Well, if it's kettlebells, the, these ones are little light dumbbells. So it's like, you know, I get a five and a 12. Or I've got some kettlebell DVDs, so I got a couple kettlebells. I got a right. few dumbbells. I got a pull-up thing. You got a pull-up bar? Yeah. Out in your deck? It's a thing that I just hook it over the top of this beam that sticks out, and I yeah. can do pull-ups up there. Yeah. So, And these are like 30-minute power workouts, right? Well, the, this one, the UFC Fit ones are more like 45 minutes. Yeah. But, yeah. But nonstop. The heart rate stays up. Yeah, you're There's going, no big rest. You're going the whole time. And it's great. And they're great. And they're great. He's talking you through. There's other people on the DVD doing the work. Uh, maybe they're not for everybody, but the great thing about it for me is you can take, at least with the original P90X2, or P90X ones and, and this one, you can take resistance bands, you know, those little rubber bands yep. and handles. So you can take those on the road. You can knock out a workout in your hotel room. Wow. Right. And you don't need a, a lot of space. You don't need a ton of space. Um, you know, you can sort of condense and compress. I did a workout in here yesterday. You did? Yeah, in this tiny room. So you just put on the video, and then you've got your rubber bands, you've got your kettlebells. And, and you do what the guy says. Like, it's a little tricky. Like, if your wife walks by while you're doing it, it you can get a little self-conscious about it. Right. That's the problem. But uh, 
See, I got a garage. You've you been in my garage. garage. You it's it perfect. Garage. You could do it in your garage. You do it in your hotel room. The number of times that I've been jumping around in a hotel room in my underpants over the last five years is ridiculous. Yeah. But I feel like it's got me in shape. I you mean, do I it in your underwear, nothing else. Sometimes. You know, usually I'll wear shorts. Yeah, do you usually wear I'll sneakers wear shorts when you do t-shirt. it? Yeah, sneakers. Sneakers in your... I wear the little... These babies, these little toe shoes. You wear your toe shoes and your yeah. underwear. Yeah. That's a new superhero. <laughs> right? Yeah. You don't know if he's going to help you or what. You know, panhandle you. <laughs> he could, when he he could panhandle you. He, uh, he definitely is headed for an institution. Do you but... have a problem? Because I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to help who? Let's have a conversation about who's going to help who right now. Well, I'm in. And the shorter, there's some that are really short. They're like well, 25 minutes, right? That I would recommend for that the P90X3. Mm. Sean T., the guy who did Insanity, those workouts are ridiculous. So I wouldn't get into those until you've done something else and you feel like you want to challenge. He's got a T25. He does a 25-minute workouts. But, but, and those are good. Those are good. But I, I recommend the Tony Hort and the P90X3. They're half hour. They're 30-minute workouts. There's a ton of variety. And it's a, I think it's a 90-day schedule that you work through. So it changes every, you know, three or four weeks. It changes to a different series of workouts for the week. And they're 30 minutes. And you can do But it's it. based on you doing it six days a week for yeah. you to stay on track. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, for example, I, the, when I did the first one, I was like, look, I don't care if I get if it's a travel day. If I got to get up at three in the morning, I'm going to do the ninety days the way he said, and see if I get the results. Right. And now I'm I'm a little more like, look, if it's a travel day, I'll skip that day and I'll do the next workout the next day. Yeah. I'll do you know what I'll just I'll do whatever workout is next. But if it's travel day and I can't, if I got to get up at four in the morning to catch a six a.m. flight and I don't get there until seven, then I do a show. It's like I'm not going to do a workout that. And, and when you said get the results, is the focus core? Well, I feel like originally I was getting into exercising. The reason that most people get into exercising was because I wanted to physically look different. I wanted to look more like I was in shape. And then after I did the first 90 days, I felt like I did get that result. But the real benefit, the best thing about it was I physically felt better. I, you know, I felt like I was just more capable and ready to be in the world, to run after a, a cab or to pick up my suitcase or to just I could I was just you more, walk upright more I was more physically functional right. and then that had a psychological effect on me that was like a confidence boost and a and a like I'm taking I'm taking care of business I am who I want to be in the world and so I would say whatever gets you started working out those two benefits far outweigh what any kind of physical appearance benefit that you're going to get oh yeah you sleep better you tend to want to eat better foods and you're already a, you're you're already a slim guy you're i just came from the shape. gym right so you don't need right. to work no, out but to I, change the way you look but you might be looking for a different routine to to more get more systematic and kind of yeah like look i did it i took care of business i'm done for today i can do the next thing right and also um i do want to bulk up i i was 150 for you know 20 years and then all of a sudden, I, I was lactose intolerant. I had gas coming out of my asshole a lot. I think just gas. I would have, but right, you got it asshole? at that. You mm-hmm. got it at that. Did you get top end gas too? Nope. Just no. bottom gas. Bottom gas, and it was not pleasant. Right. So traveling as much as we do, you know, you're on a plane. You mm-hmm. got to hold that mm-hmm. in sometimes for five and a half hours. I don't. 
You let it out. I let it out. Wow. Sometimes it's bad. And I just like, sometimes you don't sometimes know. Sometimes it smells bad. Sometimes it's just like because there's a pressure change in the airplane, so you yeah. can have a it's a baseball size bubble in your gut that right. you don't notice, and then the pressure in the plane decreases, and that bubble gets twice as big. Right. You know. So now you got to let it out. So I let it out, and sometimes it's not smelly. It's just like an exhalation through the through the bottom area. But sometimes it's like a hot wind across a graveyard. Oh yeah, no, it's it's Russian roulette and you don't know until and the amazing thing about a really bad fart is that Aaron could be twenty feet away from me and literally it hasn't even my asshole's still open with the air coming out and she will notice it. Yeah. The lips have not yet pursed again mm-hmm. and she is already horrified by it. That's amazing how quick. I mean, it's like it's like nuclear. Those little smell molecules can transport across the Fast. room. There's some kind of law of physics that's that we need to look into because we could harness that. Think of how fast we could travel across the United States if we could right. be moving at the speed of a fart. Or if Netflix could send, you know, they wouldn't need cable. Uh-huh. If you could fart um, House of Cards around the country, <laughs> then, you know, people would pay a lot of money for that. Uh, if you could fart House of Cards, you'd be set. <laughs> you'd just be rich forever. But in high I mean, depth. So like, even if people have seen it, no, you still are not going to believe it. Right. I'm going to release this, right. and you're going to have seen all of the episodes. <laughs> well, do I need a computer? Nope. No, you it don't. It goes through your nose You know what you need? You your need brain. a nose. <laughs> you know, we've really, we've overused the other senses, but the, but the, uh, the, the nose, as it's yeah. just nobody thought about it. It's underutilized. Also, do you ever get disappointed if you fart in the car and, and it's bad, but nobody gives you any recognition for it and you're waiting like a little kid on Christmas? What do you mean? They just ignore it? They, I, I, they ignore it or sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't circulate other than to you and and you realize no, it. I've done the thing where I fart and it smells really bad and then I try and inhale it all to process it before <laughs> everybody else smells it. Have you ever done that? <laughs> See if I can reabsorb the smell. Right. Well, here's the thing. I believe that exercise is getting back to, let's be honest, we lived in the wild. We used to have to hunt and run and fight. Right, and now right. we're sedentary. And if you if you don't do the things that recreate how we were supposed to be, including do Sudoku's every day. Do a crossword puzzle. Exercise. Do all the shit that you. I can never tell if it's Sudoku or Sudoku or. I always say anyway, it wrong, I and I do it, it every Whatever single it day. I know what it is. Right. I know what you're talking. I do about. it online. I do speed Sudoku. Sudoku. Uh-huh. I, I I time myself on Sudoku.com uh-huh. on the easiest level, and I've done it as quickly as one minute and thirty five seconds for one puzzle. And I know I'm ready to work <laughs> when I can do it in less than two and a half minutes. That was very Rain Man of you, right? That went, you, you know. I know my time. I know my time on the Sudoku. It's how I know I'm ready to work. If I can't get it in, when you in, can't get your time down, it's like don't bother showing up at the. Then it's time to like call AT and T about a bill. If, if there's yeah. something, then I'll do a mindless thing on my list. Mm-hmm. But if it, if I want to, you know, edit some video or I want to write or whatever, then I need to be under two minutes and twenty. Are seconds. you doing a lot of video editing? Yeah. What are you editing video for? Well, um, right now we're doing some bonus tracks on my one-hour special. The had a Comedy Central special, and you know, there's mm-hmm. like uh, they they put out 40 minutes, but you've really done a one-hour special. Right. So we're putting together uh, bits that we can put out as as, as premium. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm making a corporate reel 
right now yes. for our, mm-hmm. our agent, Rich Super. Mm-hmm. He's not my agent anymore. Right oh, he's now. not? He's not right now. Oh, no. I didn't know that. Einstein is my agent right well, now. Well, there you go. Yeah. Luckily, you moved from a Jewish person to a Jewish person, so you're in good hands. Mm, I insist on that. I do. I don't want some Irish person handling me. Are you kidding me? I don't. I don't. Better phone calls, but yeah, you know, livelier. Yeah, the Christmas wittier. party. <laughs> Christmas party's great, but uh, not much to celebrate. Yeah. Um, no. So. Um, but you were saying you're talking about exercise, and I think that's right. That was the hardest thing I think for my parents' generation. The idea that they even had to exercise was ridiculous. My father grew up on a farm. I was going to say, idea that you farmer. would say to someone who was on a farm, like, you got to go, now you got to go work out in the gym. Right. It's just like, no, I don't. I've right. been working all day. I know my brother-in-law is a construction guy, and he is ripped. I mean, like six-pack abs, and but not like a muscle guy, just like mm-hmm. the perfect body. And that dude drinks two six-packs a day? Yeah, he's burning it off. Burning it I'll off. I'll tell you what. This is this is the exercise video, the garbage man workout. Right. Now, I think now the garbage trucks have a thing where they pick the cans up. Goddamn shame. I was shame. in Pittsburgh years ago, and this guy, he worked his day job was working sanitation, and he had to go. He was an office guy, but they had him go out on the routes for a while to know who the people, what the jobs of the people that they, he was going to be managing. Were right, like. right. And he said he could hardly walk the next day. Yeah. And just. Do not mess with the garbage man yeah. because that guy is strong and core. Deadlifts. He's he's picking up cans. It's off balance weights right. all day long. And My buddy just... did it one summer, and he said that the worst part was the um, the the sort of garbage fluid at the bottom of the buckets that spills mm-hmm. all over the place. It's yeah. hot maggots. I mean it. I mean. It's a shame because it cost a lot of jobs when they went to these automatic lifts. The big trucks. I mean, and that's the thing about, you know, when, when they say, well, Obama lost, you know, 130,000 jobs this quarter. It's like, well, no, he didn't. Progress is we brought in, we've, we've developed technologies that lay people off. I mean, do you call that a failure on his part or do you call it, you know, we have to be creating a job for everyone that's automated? Well, what about this whole idea that, okay, these automated methods and computers, have, they're saving us. That that was supposed to be leisure time. We weren't actually supposed right. to fire a guy. We were all supposed to go down to half time and still keep the same pay. Right. But we sort of forgot about that. We sort of forgot about the idea that, oh, technology is going to make all of our lives easier. It's going to be like, no, half of us are going to get fire the other half of us are going to have to work twice as hard and they're cutting all of our salaries by 20 percent right like, and the ones that are working twice as hard now really resent the people that aren't working because they think they're lazy and it's like no you're doing their job they don't really have most right. people really would like to work most of the unemployed feel really bad you know so as you see you know the business model of Amazon, where okay, so now you're going to shutter all of the actual retail places because everything's coming directly to you from a warehouse. Uh, I saw 60 Minutes. The warehouses are just a series of forklifts moving automatically down aisles that are stocked by other machines. That now they're going to put on fucking uh, uh, drones to deliver. I mean, that's the future. Well, right until eventually. Right now, there's only a few. There's less and less people who can afford to buy that stuff, and eventually the warehouse is going to be empty, and Amazon's going to have all of our money, and we're going to starve to death, and Jeff Bezos is going to be on a rocket orbiting the Earth laughing with uh, – who's the Virgin Airways guy? 
Uh, Richard uh, Branson. Branson. Yeah, and it's like six supermodels. There well, you. and thanks for listening to the Jake Johansson podcast. And don't forget, uh, RXP30 is about – what's the workout called? <laughs> B90X3. If you do not – if you do not cut out that conversation we had, which was a solid eight minutes, and send that to that company and say, I would like to I'm, – I'm not kidding you – and say, I would like you to sponsor my podcast, you're crazy. They will do that in a second. You believe in the product. You live it. And there's, yeah, there yeah, is no better infomercial than what we just did. Yeah. Well, all I need is uh, – is, uh, um what do you call it? A, an audience of disciples who will do what I say. Here's how you're going to get the audience of disciples. Mm-hmm. Here's the best. I'll give you a couple pieces of advice, not from me, but from better podcasters that I learned First from. First you write the Bible. Then you have a magic sun. Then, okay, go ahead. Well, the magic sun thing is tough because there's a lot of kids out there that are going to Magicopolis now in Santa Monica where mm-hmm. they learn the tricks. Yeah. So this West Side is filled with messiahs. Yeah. So you need to go back to the Midwest where they actually buy into that shit. You go back to Iowa with a little messiah. Oh. My, my dream is to do a kind of a comedy show, traveling circus tent style <laughs> comedy show where it's, sure. you know, you and me and three other guys. Right. We're in a we're in a big like uh tour bus and yeah. we travel around we open up a tent on the edge of town and yeah. we go around town telling jokes and entertaining people in the restaurants and getting them to come out to the comedy show sandwich movie. board walking down main street uh-huh. bell ringing a bell yeah. then we do a big comedy show at the edge of town we don't have a tiger but we got a couple of dogs that know what they're doing and then uh, we're back on the bus and our wives are hot so they're walking around it's a bucket system you don't pay to get in you are entertained and then there is a hat Past and they're oh, doing the past. Wives could do that thing, you know, where you go into the room and you're watching a hot lady in a jungle outfit, and the lights get really dim, and a guy's telling a story, and then it turns into a gorilla that goes crazy, and then is shaking <laughs> the bars of the cage, and then the front of the cage falls down, and everybody runs out of the right, tent. right, right. Yeah, that's what our wives. So you keep do. them moving, you keep yeah. them moving throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and then they come outside, and uh, we do the food services. That's easy mm-hmm. because the key now is they've got this drink. I just read this piece in the New Yorker where. Some Silicon Valley geeks because they don't want to get up to eat. They're they're writing code and they mm-hmm. basically uh, so they created this. It's it, it's got the consistency of like oatmeal, and it's every nutrient that you could need. They did the research, but I mean, I'm not talking about put a carrot in a blender. I'm talking no. get powders through the internet, uh, you know, magnesium. And and they made this drink that these dudes are this, what, one guy's been living on it for nine months, nothing but that. So we we go from city to city, we sell that shit. We the live on that who are shit. Stupid. No, I'm not eating that. Are you kidding me? Half of my fun of my life is eating. Oh, things you're a that foodie. Like. See, I'm well, Irish. I'm not, I'm not a I don't foodie, care about but food I don't, at all. I don't. Well, what are you fueling up for then? What are you gonna do? Is it then sex? Is that what you're getting ready for? Because what is the thing in your day that you're looking forward to doing if it's not having a meal? I'm not talking about foodie. It doesn't have to be some duck confit sausage souffle thing. I just I love a nice chipotle burrito. My other Sudoku. Sponsor. I need time for Sudoku. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm da- I'm down at two twenty five around. No, you don't need time because you're trying to reduce your time. Right. When you're doing that, I know. Right? What do I? What do I, I? I don't know. I just I was raised. By a mother who hated cooking. She was not allowed in the kitchen as a child, and she w- she would just make canned food for dinner. 
I, I get that. But and I, so I don't care about food. Favorite. So you like hot dogs or grilled Tuna cheese fish or... casserole. See, there you go. So you got a thing that you like to eat. Yeah, but it takes, because it takes the least amount of time to make. But it, that's what we're serving. We're t- at our at our tent show. It's going to be, you're going to get a nice hot gloppy spoonful. You're talking about comfort delicious. food. Yeah, it's going to be something that you like to eat. You're going right. to see a great show. You're going to eat something that you really like. And then you meditate followed by the RX31 program. And then we all do a quick workout. Minutes. Do a core workout. Maybe it's an all day. It's like a festival thing where it starts off in the morning with workouts and smoothies and then you eat that food powder Pre-tea, thing. See was, how you like that right. and then go back to work for an hour. And then you come back and then then we're going to then we're going to start in with some comfort food comedy show. I, don't I know. think the comedy show before the comfort food. Yeah, you're right. You don't yeah, want people carving out. That. And what about alcohol and uh, drugs? Boy, people love to have a drink, and I love to have a drink, but it's tricky. The, as I get older, the drinking, I've, I've thought about, so this is what we started off talking about in the kitchen before we got on the podcast, was um, me watching the, I can't stop watching um, Get Doug with, Getting Doug with High, Doug Benson's smoking pot right. thing on the internet. I feel like the older I get, the more having a couple drinks just makes me feel sort of not... A hundred percent, like I'm ready to go. It's not, you know. I feel like when I was younger, or until recently, you have a couple of drinks, you're you're having more fun. And now it's like there's a payback the next day. Sometimes you're not, you just you're sluggish. You can't do all the things you do. But people do like to have some drinks. I think we have to let them have some drinks with our comedy show. I don't know about drugs. I think that's still illegal. Mm, the drug thing is tricky, though. Edibles would be such a perfect fit with this because edibles are so much more of a celebration. It's like a ritual. You know, it's a gummy bear. It's something fun. Brownies. You sound like you know what you're talking about. I've indulged a little bit with the edibles. Do you have your license? I did. It expired. Mm. Now I got a guy. You got to have a guy out here. <laughs> that's called a, a drug dealer. It's a dealer. Yeah. Right. That's not a guy. Yeah. That's not a having a guy is like I know a guy who can fix your software on your computer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's He can't a guy. do that. He, can't no, do he that. can only really deal drugs. Yeah. Um but I feel like that would be a such a great because I think if you're going to do the big tent thing it should have a little bit of a feel of like Woodstock. Right? I, I well I I would love it. If there was a positive takeaway message, like people felt like, oh, not only did I have a great day, but I feel like I got my mind right to have some other great days after this. Right. You know? It should boost you into a week to two weeks of mild euphoria so right. that when we come back to town, everybody's coming because that's they've why they noticed have it. to listen to the podcast because that's how they get their follow up sessions. Right. Right. Wait, what? You, what? you mean the, the app? Yeah, yeah, our our podcast, our app, they're gonna be, they're gonna oh like Jake, Jake and Greg are not here, right? But remember that tuna casserole weekend that we had? with Yes, them? yes. You know, I got to get listen to the podcast get because they're in that. another town right now doing that with other people. So I'm gonna get back to some of that feeling. Yeah. Before I go in and you know do what my boss wants. I'm me thinking to do. about our acts on the road. I don't know that we would necessarily be doing the the nightclub act that we're doing now. I feel like it should be. Um, a Retool. little it should be more interactive with the audience because mm-hmm. I feel like the whole essence of the day is it's communal mm-hmm. and stand up can be very one sided so mm-hmm. I almost feel like there you know there's a lot of cool shows we did one recently uh with the where they put the punchline up on the um set, set list. list yeah I think it could be cool shows like set list where the audience comes up with a punchline 
Mm-hmm. And then we don't know what that punchline is until we're on stage. There's a screen behind us. This is what set list is. And then that punchline pops up, and you got to do a bit on that. And then you, what, what do you get, like four or five per set? Yeah, I like the uh, – I think sometimes the ones that they come up with for you on set list, they're working so hard to make them kind of non-secular. They're too hard. Esoteric, right. They're too hard. That You'd almost better off – the problem with getting audience suggestions is it's always sex. Like anal sex and right. proctologist. And they can be diarrhea. led. I think that they can be instructed to come up with mm-hmm. something that's a little bit more esoteric, mm-hmm. something that's specific. And then you don't – you know, and then the producer is weaning through hundreds and picking, you know, the best 20. For the three, when you say producer, that's got to be one of our wives. We can't. We don't. We only have so many seats on the bus, right? I feel like there needs to be one bureaucrat, one person that's booking the tent. That's you know. Um, okay, well, he puts up the tent then too. He's gonna. It's gonna be a big guy. He's gonna be a guy that works out with PL thirty five. Thick and smart. Thick, smart, reliable. Not an possibly a eunuch because he's on the bus with our wives. It's hard to find eunuchs nowadays. I know. I know. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> well, you know because of the voice. Do you remember uh, History of the World, Mel Brooks, where uh, there's one, of, yeah. one of them is pretending to be a eunuch? And so the uh, what's who's the woman uh, who, who was in the Mel Brooks movies that was so brilliant? Oh, there's been a few. Uh, no, but the one from Blazing Saddles who sings, Madeline I'm Kahn. tired. Yes. Madeline Kahn. She goes up and she uh, she tries to give each one an erection and, and he gets one. So we'll, we'll have to have our wives, you know, try to create erections among the applicants. I can see that that could go bad on us. It could go real bad. Yeah. But, you know, look. It's, we're just brainstorming. We're spitballing well, now. Think, this isn't, we're not committed to how it's going to work. Right I now. think that we need to give it a 60s free love drug feel. And, and again, Bringing drugs is going to be problematic. We could get shut down early. So I, I don't know how the drug thing works, but I do think there should be um, a feeling of free love. Uh, and I've I've suggested this at, at stand-up comedy shows sometimes, and I think that it could happen on this you tour. You suggested some free love? I, I, I suggest it. I say, look, look around the room right, right now. Mm-hmm. There's some good-looking people. This is an event. This is live. We're here. It's communal. You're trusting me to sit and listen to me. And, you know, why don't we do this? Just let's hear me out on this because it's something that you'll remember for the rest of your life. The show ends. We lock the doors. First of all, anybody can leave that doesn't want to be a part of this. We clear the tables in the middle, throw down a rug, Mm -hmm. and we all get naked. And we just writhe around. You grope. You, have you actually suggested that? I've suggested many times. Because my scenario is always it's post-apocalyptic. Like there's a zombie attack while the show is going on. Right. And imagine after the show we realize that we can't go home. Right. We're stuck here. We're going to have to repopulate the planet. Mm-hmm. Take a look around the room and see <laughs> who you're most interested in. And evaluate your chances with that person in the context of the other people who are in this room who might be your competitors. In other words, you can't all pile on the one hot chick. Yeah. And and I really suggest that as a joke. More, What I more often say is, uh, you know, my goal is that we all have a good time and then everybody goes home and has sex after this. Yes. Yeah. Or and, makes love. And think of me while you do it. You say that to the <laughs> ladies. To, Yell my name halfway through. You, it's flattering to me if you do. But if in my do, scenario. Shout me a tweet. If you're having sex. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be a picture. That. Just a, just a yeah. verbally. No, it doesn't. It probably shouldn't be a picture just, in most cases. Just pound sign, pound J. <laughs> And so in my scenario, everybody pound, does this. Just just tweet me pound sign, pound sign. <laughs> pound okay. Sign, pound sign. <laughs> I wonder if that's a big thing. I bet it is. What? 
I, I, pound sign, pound sign. Somebody must have. But my scenario is everybody who wants to do it does it. You ride around. You know, you don't have to um, have intercourse. You don't have to have oral unless you choose to. It's all there's boundaries. We respect each other. <laughs> it lasts for an hour. Seem like a boundary situation to me. Well, there's people around you. Mm. I think that there'd be the second night of that is either going to be very busy or. Nobody. No, because nobody talks about it. That's the key. Mm-hmm. When you're done, these what people go about the their lives. Stays on the rug. Stays on the rug. And Literally. we get a new rug. We yeah, get a okay. new rug That's for the good. next show. That's what I was thinking. And then they don't talk about it because who would believe you? People would think you were a lunatic if you started saying, oh, my God, last night at the comedy club? Great show, by the way. Uh, Fitzsimmons, he's got this new chunk about water. Um, mm-hmm. Brilliant. But then afterwards, funny thing, um, we got naked and writhed around and people would just be like, you know, you're, you're kidding at, me. We left early. That happened. That happened. So nobody tells each other, mm-hmm. and and then you see each other. Maybe if you were there that night, mm-hmm. you're at the post office. You're in line. You see somebody in front of you that was there, and your eyes meet, and you just half smile, and then you look away. One of you says pound sign, pound and the sign. other guy says or, pound sign, or you pound. You do yeah. the fist pound. Mm-hmm. But but you would have that the rest of your life. You would know that in your controlled life where you live by all the social mores, the morality of your religion, of how you, that for one night you let go of all of that and you went into a fantasy land of pure hedonism and that when it, you, you will when you're an old person on a porch on a on a chair you will have that to keep going through in your mind. Do you have a therapist? I did. Yeah. Why you think this is bad? I don't think it's bad, but it's definitely this fan. I'm just listening to you describe it and the way that you're so into it and the, and you're really trying to talk people into it. Feels like your fantasy is not so much what happens on the rug is that you're the person that makes that happen. Right. I'm not on the rug. Yeah. I have no interest in being a part of it. Yeah. I me just, We just I get just, it going and then we go back. We're in our trailer with our wives trying to figure out when they're done on that rug, who's, who's, uh, who's uh, what do you call it, Stanley Steamering in. <laughs> We're going to get a new rug. I no, I think it's a new yeah. rug each time. I, I just Who think it's like... we give the old rugs to? We mail it to someplace. I think they bid on it at the end of the show. <laughs> but I think that it's a performance art piece. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And even if it only... Is it a YouTube show then? Is that available? No, because no one no, talks about no it. No one talks about it. It mm-hmm. never happened. You sort of take an oath. Everyone else will disavow it if they try to bring it up. So it's not like when you go on an amusement park ride and at the end they have a picture of you on the <laughs> ride. <laughs> Right. And you know yeah. what the move now on that is instead of paying the 35 bucks, you just pull out your iPhone and you snap a photo of it. Take a picture of the picture. I, yeah. I did that at Disneyland. Did they get mad month. at you? They try to change it really quickly. They tell you you can't do it. Uh-huh. But you can get it pretty quickly. You just got to be ready. I can't. Well, it's just like, look, the fact that you're telling me not to take a picture of a picture of me that you took. Yeah. As that I didn't you, know you were taking? As if you own me? Right. I. I paid you to come to the park, and you took. I'm. How about I'm suing you for taking? That's a good point. I don't know. It's no, like, that's a good point. They try and own everything. Well, and the worst thing is, is the price. I don't. If if you put it out there for seven, eight bucks. I mean, twenty five bucks. What's the What's the markup 
on what is that a billion percent markup on a digital photo? If you go see Cedric the Entertainer, what does it cost you to get a picture with him after? Oh, the show? he charges like twenty bucks. Is it twenty bucks? Well, yeah, fair is fair. I don't understand it. African American acts have this racket where they take pictures oh. of you with you after the show, and they just I was collect. To John Witherspoon, who was trying to tell me that I should oh, do he's that, the king. Yeah, and I said, John, I can't do that. Right, nobody would do it. And then it's hard to even explain to him why you can't do it. Was right. starting to you start to feel like, look, I'm. I'm not trying to say there's a racial stereotype here, but there is a, like, I can't tell people who came to my show that it costs money to take a picture with me. No. Why do you think African-American crowds will give $20 to take a picture with somebody and white crowds won't? Well, I, some, at some point that started off, this is, I know that you want this and I'm going to help you. It started off being... You, you would get your picture taken with a Polaroid, and it would get put in a little folder that that would get signed. We right. didn't all when when that um, thing started. It wasn't in the days of digital cameras and cell phones. Now they just bring a digital printer, and the camera is got a uh, Bluetooth that's connected to it. These guys have it down, so they got one guy taking the picture, mm-hmm. and as they take it, it's instantly blasted to the printer. Prints it out, and like mm-hmm. you said, they usually have like some kind of a a, right. a bordered little cardboard right, but thing. A, but the the thing that's happening now is based on a thing that happened right. before, and so people are on the momentum of that. Like the typewriter keyboard on your computer is based on the keys being arranged in such a way that the frequency of the keys that you hit, so they don't all jam up in the middle. Right. You know, they could have you could have gotten used to anything, but they arranged the keys on the keyboard so that it, when the mechanical machine when they flew up, they wouldn't all I'm, I'm I'm not following the metaphor. In one case, you're talking about a culture. But being we can't in, change. We could change our keyboards on our computers. But why would but you? Would it still makes sense that your because fingers there's are a in way the- there. This a few years ago, somebody came up with this idea that they could make it more ergonomical. So the more frequently used keys would be on your you know your two. But that's how it is, isn't it? A S D F J K L semicolon. No, not exactly. But. Um, so you're saying it could be updated there was and be a, better. There, there's a, there was a new engineered kind of keyboard, but then the problem is if you convert to that and somebody else doesn't, you go over to their house, now you can't type on their their uh, keyboard. Well, it does feel anyway, like... what I'm saying, let's let's go back to taking pictures with people after the yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, I really think that if I... Like, after a show, people come up and they want to take a picture, and it's really an annoyance, especially if you're selling DVDs. Uh, I don't mind, because I, I don't mind. I don't mind if they're ready. If you come up and your your significant other has the phone and they and it's set up and they're ready to that's great. But when you come up and you indulge yourself to take a solid three minutes of my time while the rest of the crowd is streaming out mm-hmm. without being able to say hello, without being able to buy my merch, then you've really I, I feel like it's not that isn't such a giant problem, but there ha- there probably is a way to streamline it. And what I've been thinking kind of lately is what if I got a camera with a remote right. button? That's and what I just Rogan say, Here does. Comes, oh, he does it? Right. Or he has a photographer, right? He has someone take now, the picture, or does he have a... You know, you can get a door guy to do it, and you throw him 20 bucks at the end of the night. Right. Because that's the best way. If you want a picture, I'll take the picture. I'll post them all on my website. Now I'm driving, now you're driving, now I'm driving, them driving to the traffic site. to my website. Right. Smart. Maybe something like that, except I need a helper to set that all up. But, yeah, then everybody who wants a picture can get a picture. It's all going to be a good quality thing because I've got the flash or the lighting worked right. out. And this is where you stand. This is where I you stand. you got a nice background set up. Mm-hmm. And then you drive them to the site. And then the thing that I experimented with years ago that I should go back to is I would record the show 
And then at the people would come out at the end. They'd give me 20 bucks. There'd be a small manila envelope. They'd write their address on it. And then I would write on the back, Friday night, 8 p.m. show. Then on Monday, I would uh, burn CDs of the shows that these people were at, toss it into the envelope, and mail it to them. Wow. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but now you don't need all that work because you this 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 recorder that we're on right now. It's got four XLR jacks, so you can take the feed from the from the soundboard right off your mic. Most clubs now hang a microphone over the crowd. If not, you can bring a an omni uh, directional microphone and put it somewhere in the room that will pick up the crowd. And then in a couple, you know, a couple steps, you can load that up to. Your Dropbox, people mm-hmm. have a passcode to it, and then they can also go to the site and download the picture. It would take you about five minutes per show. And uh, Why aren't you doing that? That's what I'm saying. I want to get back into that. Because and forget about doing a new special every year because you've got a million different versions right, of the Right, because people don't care about the new special the way they used to. They're much more into getting new material. And I go out, I do topical, I do some but crowd you work. But you worried that then someone would get, the, they'd get your show from last Saturday and then they'd start trading them with other people who have your other show from the next Saturday and pretty soon people are showing up at your act and they've already heard your show because of other people. I think people. it becomes, um, as it forces you to write a lot. Mm-hmm. And it also becomes something like with the Grateful Dead, where people, you know... That's what you hope. That's what we're hoping, is to get that Grateful Dead connection. Well, that's why we need drugs at the tent. Right. Well, once the tent thing happens, then it's... How yeah. great would it be? We pick the guys we want to tour with. Me, you. I think we talked about doing this with Al Madrigal at one point, right? Didn't you and I talk about that? Well, I don't know, but I would love to do it with Al Madrigal. We got Alan Havy's phone number right here. We could, he would come. He Me, could come. you, Havy. Um, the question is, how many people do you need in a show? Because I like to do a sort of longer set, but I don't want to fo- have to follow someone doing a longer set. But I sort of feel like I really enjoy. I think if you get you you switch it up on one night, you and I do twenty five. Havy does forty. The next mm-hmm. night, me and Havy do twenty five. You do forty. Cycle it around so mm-hmm. that you get to do that. I mean, I'd love to go up and fucking hammer out a twenty five minute killer set once in a while. Make it really hard on Havy. Look, you don't have to do the 40-minute set. You could take a pass. Yeah. You know? But I would love to be on, on the road with you guys. And also, I'd love to, like, I watch your set. We all watch each other's set. We meet for lunch the next day, and we give each other notes. How great would that be? Yeah. Well, somebody's got to be making the tuna casserole, but, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. It's a busy day. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, I think that the energy we put out really would start um, a sense of community. I think when we came back to town, there would be a word of mouth about it. And I, I mean, we've joked around a lot. Sure, it's a podcast. We're comedians. Uh-huh. We were silly. But underneath it all, I think that there is an idea there that goes beyond just let's show up and all tell jokes and then leave. But make no, it that, make that's it what I would like to have my I, I, that's where I'm really at now with my show. It's like, look, I'm here to do a show for us all to have fun. And then let's get together and do it again sometime because we're we're friends. This is kind of a, a relationship thing. It's this is it's a comedy show, but it's us actually having a human connection with right. each other just on a tiny level. But this this tent show is going to take it to the next level. Right. Just as long as the love you take is, is equal, equal to, to the, the love, love you, give, you make, right? make, 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 okay. take and make rhyme. Yeah, they give rhyme, doesn't. but they seem kind of the same. 
But the difference is the the phrase "make love." If you go back to like uh, the first half of the twentieth century, making love wasn't sex. It was the idea of uh, courtship and all of that. So I think it had I had a little bit more of a um, romantic connotation than mm-hmm. it does now. That song, bum 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 bum. Feel like making love. Oh, right. That song? BTO. Yeah, oh, they're good. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, you know, you maybe c- that's what we play right before we roll the rug out. <laughs> yes. And then also love the one you're with in the middle mm-hmm. so that people can make a transition. Oh, this morning we were having breakfast and I came out of the house to do something and I came back in. These two little birds have built this nest out here. Mm-hmm. And the other day, the wind blew the nest down, and the neighbor's cat ate their baby birds. And then they've been back rebuilding the nest. How do you know they ate the birds? Because my wife saw it. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh, then they've been rebuilding the nest. And my wife said, I hope they're going to try again. So I come back in the house this morning. These two birds are on the I'd never seen two birds. They're rolling around on the ground making love, wow. kind of like stuck together doing it what kind of birds they're um uh tufted something or others i my wife's got the book with like them in bluish there, like no they're bre- they're they're blackish right blackish brown birds um you know about uh four inches five inches long wow but i'd never seen they're just rolling around in the dirt like if a cat had come then yeah. those birds were busy right. you know what i mean they were not gonna die that's the way to go yeah though. Mm-hmm. We, I came, I drove home one afternoon, and there was a uh, little baby possum in my driveway, and I mean, close to death with this huge black crow pecking down on him. Oh! So I parked my car and I ran over there, and the crow, like, he didn't fly away. He sort of those crows are like they just back off far enough. Backed like, off hey, just far enough. Look, if you're not going to eat that, I'm going to eat that. Right, right. And uh, and so I went. And I got a shoebox out of the garbage can, which was right next to it, mm-hmm. and I scooped him up. And I mean, he he was hissing at me. Possums are freaky when they're afraid right, and right. mad. Yeah, it's everybody really thinks sharp. they pretend they're dead, but they they have a, an aggressive mode that they can go they into. They bite the shit out of you. They got long, sharp teeth. Oh, a little tiny bird. You pick up some little finch or a sparrow sometime and let them bite down in your hand. I tried to pick up a wounded little bird one time to get for the shoebox till he gets better. And he decided that he was afraid and he bit into me. Ow. No shit. Did you get bit by the possum? No, I was very careful. And he was so wounded that he, he couldn't jump at me. He was, he mm-hmm. was like really laid out. So I got him in the shoebox mm-hmm. and brought him inside and uh, I called the – I looked up the number for whatever the L.A. Animal, um, control. animal control. And I called him and I'm, man, 15 minutes later, guy came to the door and took it away to a you know a shelter where they try to – I mean I – That's I, where I, you I, think he's going. He puts it in the back and then you hear a <laughs> grinding sound. <laughs> right. Yeah. They take him to – they take they him to him try away. and see if they can rehabilitate him and release right, him. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really – God, I was dying to know if he made it or not. But uh, – it's weird because I felt, on the other hand, like this black crow, he fucking earned it. You know, this is nature. This fair, is fair. You right. were intervening in a process. Now right. the crow's like back to square one on today. Yep. He thought he'd want, he thought he'd, like he, maybe he's got babies back at his uh, nest cave or wherever he goes. And there's a hawk eating those babies. Mm. Right. Right. Boy, it's tough, the cycle. Akuna Matata. 
Right. A coup Speaking of which, did you see um, Book of Mormon? No, I didn't. They do my, a, my wife saw it. They do a song that's a that's a parody of a coup de matata or whatever it is that is the funniest five minutes that I've seen in years. I mean, I'm sitting in the audience, and uh, this isn't like a spoiler alert thing, but they come out, and, and, the, and the play is... <laughs> It's about these Mormons. I got a lot. Of, I got a big overlap with the Book of Mormon crowd. So. Well, I would think you would yeah, probably. And they um, and the opening scene is that they're they're in this you know really down and out you know Nigerian looking uh, village, but more jungly. And it's like a guy on a bicycle rolling a, a rubber tire, and you know uh, just destitute. And they uh, and they the these um christians come these mormons come along and they're trying to convert them and the guy starts singing about akumatata but he starts saying this guy has aids and this guy has aids and he brings up god and he goes uh he says uh, what is it god um I'll fuck you in the ass, mouth, and cunt. What? And they're singing it. Oh, because he doesn't understand the language he's misspeaking or he's No, no, no. He's talking about how bad their lives are. And that that's how he feels about if God has done this to them, I'll fuck God in the ass, mouth, and cunt. And 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 I start laughing so I cramps and I'm laughing harder because there's a fair amount of the audience that showed up going like this is gonna be edgy at South Park, but they didn't know, they know it was that gonna go gonna there. Oh mm. my god. I mean those guys are really brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm still looking forward to seeing that. I, the last time I was in London, years ago, I went to see Jerry Springer, The Opera, which is so oh, I heard was about written that. by a comic. And the songs right. are so dirty and right. ridiculous. It, yeah. was, it was great. Highly recommend it. I don't think that's coming to the States. Why not? Well, it was years ago when I saw it, and it just has never made it I remember it reading here. about think, it, yeah. Yeah, I think it's almost too darkly funny the songs are great but it's seriously kind of twisted in a way that i just don't think people on i don't know book of mormon is so big i would think that they'd want to bring in something in that same genre mm-hmm. hey look into it i will look into it i'm gonna try well look we've got our own tent shows we got the tent producing. show yeah and uh, once those take off first we tour the country with a tent and then we go to broadway you think longest road? I think that would be a betrayal of the spirit of it, which mm-hmm. was we're going to keep coming back to your town. Yeah, and I'm realizing though that we are going to have to do. It's going to be. More, it's got to be more than stand up. It can't just be your your act. No, you want to leave with something tailor made. And again, the more it's interactive, the more they feel like they contributed mm-hmm. to it. Like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, bread and circus. You know that thing's going on in Vermont for since the '60s. People make these giant puppets. And they come to this, I mean, it's just a dirt patch and people put up tents and all these very avant-garde, weird performances happen. Have you been to that? No, but my um, my mother-in-law is very involved in it. She's one of the people that's been with it since the 60s. I've seen a lot of videos of it. Okay, well, we'll, we'll uh, maybe we'll just do that as a recon thing when we're on our tent tour. We'll just go there right. and watch that. Time it out. Just to check it out. Yeah, and I think that we got to go to like the Quad Cities. We got to go to places where we can draw people. I want people traveling to our festival. You mean the Quad Cities, Iowa, Illinois? Quad There's a cities? couple Quad yeah, Cities. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't. Any any cities that are near each other, let's go there. I want to feel like people are. I think tents would be a big part of it. I like that it's in a part. It's in a 
part of town where there's not a th- you know it's like a vacant lot and we put right. up our tent and we do our thing edge of town circus cir- old timey circus style or right. or or um, traveling uh, evangelical show style yes it should be mm-hmm. evangelical because I think that it, then people are feeling like but it, without the child abuse there's very little child I mean look. There'll be some child abuse. In our thing? Not by no. us, but I feel like if they the kind of people we're going to draw, some of them beat their kids. <laughs> they're, they're staying intense. Are you a child abuser? Come on out. <laughs> you know what? This year, don't just beat your kid in your home. Come on out to the Jake and Greg, and we got to come up with a name for it. Hey, yeah, we do have to come. I, I think we're going the wrong direction a little bit with our, the crowd that we're trying to bark in. But. He, all I know is this. I have been obsessed with traveling the country with my family in a in a Winnebago. I just feel okay, like... Okay, good. Well, you're finally the person because I brought this up to so many people and most people are kind of slow starters or they just play along a little bit. But so this may be, this may actually be happening now. Yeah, because the Winnebago can also serve as the sound system where you pull up. The tent is built next mm-hmm. to the Winnebago. Mm-hmm. The Winnebago itself has... The speakers come straight. Big speakers come right out of it. Uh, you like know that awning that uh, where the awning comes out. That's right. going to be the stage. The stage the will be there. Just open the window and it's a speaker in there. Right. Yeah. And then um, and that, but the, to me, driving around and first of all, the big steering wheel. You know, that's kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to drive that. And I want to also, when I'm not driving, to be playing cards on that table in the back. Mm-hmm. With people, mm-hmm. with with a, a video going, I want to take a nap in the back thing. Just the idea of living a life while you're driving to a place. The funny thing is, we start. We started off this conversation with you talking about how you feel like you're in a midlife crisis and you're and things are collapsing. You can't get fired up to go pitch a TV show. But what we're talking about is actually probably a doable thing on some kind of smaller level there's a way to actually do what we're talking about right because it's about uh, going back to i was going to try to give you advice i've picked up from more successful podcasters than myself and um uh, corolla's thing is you have to enlist the troops what does he mean your listeners are the jake johansson army you need them to feel like your success is very much a part of their um they're giving to you and that when you you're giving them a lot and when you ask from them they give back and they're going to tell people about it what they're, am i what am i supposed to ask them to do i don't know that's up to you and it has to fit in with the spirit of what your podcast is uh-huh. but i think this tour would be what we're asking them to do is give this a chance get excited about it Bring four friends. We need comfort food recipes. Right. We need tour destinations. I just bought my wife for Mother's Day a comfort food uh, cookbook. Got it. Okay. Well, you've got some comfort food recipes. The second RV that you and your family are in, that's the buffet. That is, you. we put an extra stove in the back, and you're firing up the comfort food. I got to sleep in the stove? I got to sleep in the cooking RV? You're the one that likes food. Okay. Guess who's got the shitter in their RV? You, right. you can't shit where you eat. Right, right, right. right. Okay. It would be against health standards. So we're going to shit where you All sleep. All right, so shitting and sound system is ours. Food and the rug. I think the, the rug is in Ooh, yours. Oh, I got stuck with the rug. Right, you got the rug. And uh, and if we if we pull up with that, and then what's the what's the simple version of this? I think you want well, music. The simple, the simple version is we do it in a comedy club. <laughs> no, absolutely um, not. 
the simple version is small. You know, you you have to keep it small so your overhead is low. So you know, if you get two three hundred people show up for how, whatever the, we decide we're going to charge for tickets, we've made our nut. You know, so that it's expandable if more people show up. But it's it's if it's small, if we sell two three hundred tickets, we're happy. Everybody has a good time. Corporate sponsor, no doubt. Mm. I've got a bunch of sponsors mm. on my podcast. One sign, who wants some their free logo samples. On the rug. Who wants their logo on the rug? Right. And then also... I think we might have to tone down the whole rug part of the night. I think we put it out as a dream and a vision. We're not going to lock the tent. No. We're going to go to bed. Whatever you guys want to do on the rug... Within reason. Well, what is it under the tent? You wanna you wanna keep everything under. What's the odd expression? Hmm? What's that expression people say about like under the tent? There's like a. In other words, you want everybody to come together. The big tent. You want the big tent yeah. where everybody's included. Right. In the so that the, we call the tour the big tent tour, and then we kid around about the whole having sex on the rug thing. But uh, the rug is there. And we keep it selling happens, it, it all day as a joke, and then at the end, you we'll know, see what happens. We we'll see what happens. But I do you're think not that like the first two people who do it on the rug, it's not going to be. At first, you're going to think, "Oh, this is." I think we made a mistake. They're going to be the ones that you see on those HBO late night uh, fake documentaries about, like the chick that likes to be blindfolded and saddled, oh, the and the guy who rides her like right. On, well, on It'll be those losers. That's the thing is like everybody thinks they want to go to an orgy because you're imagining an orgy where everybody is really hot and beautiful. Hmm. But I think the reality of a lot of orgies is some people have to be told to brush their teeth or take a shower. (laughs) Right, right. And you don't know uh, – you don't want to be in the missionary position because something will enter your anus. And you can't see. It's behind you. And you don't know who it is or what it is. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, this um, it's not fully realized. We haven't fully figured this out. Well, we spitballed, and mm-hmm. I think that what we have to do is if we do get a corporate sponsor that will underwrite the cost of the tour, then we can make the, the money from the ticket sales. We make the ticket sales cheap the first time around. We each do a podcast outside leading up to it, followed by the meal, followed by the comedy show. I think the corporate sponsor is going to have some interest in – changing a little bit the content of the day but uh, i don't just think that much what, well I, I, the funny thing is about podcasts is when you look now now i realize we're kind of joking around about a real thing and a fantasy thing but when you look at the sponsors of, of podcasts now they're much more real things that people would really do right in the beginning there were a lot of sex toy sponsors yes. yeah it was know. adam and eve it was uh penis pumpers and uh, it was yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, sketchy stuff. The flashlight with the vagina on one. Flashlight. End. Yeah. Oh my god. No, but the sponsors I have now, like Audible dot com, they might be into it. There's um, True Car is a is big regular sponsor. Squarespace. I think that I think that um, you know a lot of these internet companies have a lot. They're flush mm-hmm. with cash and they're looking for that new way to brand and and put the word out. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think we get and a corporate what sponsor. What better new way than a tent that travels around the country? We could put logos on the outside <laughs> of the tent. Are you kidding? And me? the Winnebago's have got that silk screen on the side mm-hmm. advertising it. Yeah, yeah. I think that. You know, the thing is, is if you and I normally get on a on a Friday night show, we get 300 people coming to our show. This is the kind of thing where you – those 300 people, you are going to 
implore them to bring to other people. That's mm-hmm. it. I mean, we double the size of crowds by mm-hmm. just saying, look, you, you know, you're a fan of this. If you want it to work, let's make it work together. You got to bring some people. Mm-hmm. And then we sell them a little bit of shampoo or laundry detergent after the show. We got a multi-level marketing thing. <laughs> you're talking about Alan Havy's RV. Yeah, that's, that's we got, the gift shop. We got we got the Alan's driving the gift shop. Right. I, I think I might give him the kitchen, and I might drive the gift shop. But uh, we're still thinking about this. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like this was a good conversation. Now, how do you end your podcast? Do you feel like we're done? I end it when I feel like like I feel like that tied up really yeah. nicely. I feel like we brought it all together. Uh, usually, we plug dates for the guest. Yeah, that's always good. Oh, yeah, this was a nice amount of time. Do you have any dates to plug? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I'd like people to go and listen to my one-hour my one hour Comedy Central special is on uh, Netflix now. It's called Life on Stage, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm very proud of it. I feel like it's... Uh, Life on Stage. Yeah. Netflix. It's free if you have a subscription to Netflix. You can just go listen to it. Right. Watch it. You and, can watch it. And then my podcast is called Fitz Dog Radio. That comes out twice a week. We just had some really great guests on that. And, twice a uh, week is relentless. Twice a week is relentless. Uh, I'm coming up. I'll be on um, Chelsea lately, May 20th at midnight on Comedy Central, May 21st. Then I will be performing in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina at Good Nights, June 5th through the 7th. I will then be performing at Foxwoods in Connecticut June 12th through the 14th. Then I'll be in Addison, Texas at the Improv June 19th to the 21st. And uh, then I'm going to take a little time with the family. Great. And what's your website again? Fitzdog.com. Follow me at Greg Fitz Show. And uh, look for the tour under the tent. The, under the tent. The big top. Or the small top. We may call it a small top. Yeah, we'll call it the small top for now. The small top. The big tent with a small top. Thanks, Greg. So are we going to have lunch? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, do you like to high-five? Often often I like a high-five. Thanks. Well, we covered a lot of ground, ladies and gentlemen. What an episode for me. What a pleasure to have my friend Greg come over to my house. And then and then we ate lunch, ladies and gentlemen. And that is, that's not the end. We're still involved in this uh, love story. You and I and me and Greg and all of us really together. We're all in this together. That's, I, I cannot stress that enough. The next time you have an opportunity to let me into traffic. Try and remember that we're all in this together and not just me. That's everybody. Okay? Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. And remember, we're all in this together. All right? So stop fighting it. Cut that asshole some slack. Would you? He's on our team. All right. And that goes double for you, asshole. Um, okay. I will uh, talk to you next week with the new, with the new guest and a new talking partner. I keep thinking Nigel is going to show up for the show, but who knows? I can't. I, I, he is out of control. But I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to control myself. And through that self-control, I'm hoping to set a good example for others. All right? Okay. Until we meet again. Bye-bye. Talk into the machine, please. I can't hear you. Talk into the machine.
Project this.